With Austin Price, Brent Hubbs, VolQuest.com, little post-game podcast as Tennessee finally finds the win column. Volunteers beat the Commodores by a score of 42-17 to here in Nashville on this Saturday night. Um, Tennessee maybe didn't struggle a little bit early, but gave Vanderbilt a chance to be in the game, but finished with 540 yards of offense. Defense only gives up 292 yards. Austin, Tennessee was supposed to win this game. They were supposed to win it rather handily, and they did. Well, they did, and, and you know, early on it was a team that didn't have a, a great look to it. Um, you know, they, they, you know, they come out, they go down, they score after going three and out on the first drive, and then, you know, kind of sputtered there. Um, and Bryce Thompson with a one-handed interception, return for a touchdown, kind of changed the momentum of this game because at that point it was ten to seven Vanderbilt because Vanderbilt had scored, um, you know, uh, to take the lead there and. You know, you look back at the game and you kind of just kind of do a quick synopsis. Tennessee's defense, outside of a couple of drives there in the first half, didn't really play that bad. Um, you know, they have these head-scratching lapses that make you just pull your hair out, and I think that's why all the fans are just like, you know, we need a new defensive coordinator, this is terrible. But, I mean, like when you kind of look back at it, it wasn't that bad. Um, Vanderbilt's not very good on offense, um, you know. Um, and then, you know, offensively, you know, JT Shrout made a couple of great throws, but Harrison Bailey was way more consistent than JT was. And, and, and JT, you know, right or wrong or indifferent, he got the one possession in the second half. He threw a bad ball off his back foot that got picked off. And the coaches at that point, and I said it during the chat, at that point, you just, it just, the, the game had kind of stalled out into a sputter. And it was just like, okay, we're going we're gonna to leave all the vets in. Harrison's the safer of the two quarterback options. We're just trying to get this to triple zeros. Well, and, and, I, and that's kind of how it came across. Yeah, and I think that's the thing with J.T. Shroud is there's, there's good J.T. Shroud. He plays well, then all of a sudden there's that, that uh-oh play. He does it on the practice yeah. field. We've talked about it all year long. I'm not saying he shouldn't have played more than three snaps against Kentucky. Don't get me wrong. I believe he should have. I've said that for over the, over the w- last week. You trust his arm. Sometimes he probably trusts it too much. You know, he threw off his back foot there, but he threw a couple of nice balls. Bailey, you know, Bailey's an interesting, it's kind of interesting with him. He's not great. He's, at the end of the day, when you look at him, he's better than you thought he was. Because you watch him play, and it's kind of, it's dink and dunk, it's this, that, and it's other. And, and then all of a sudden, but, you but, look up, and he's like, he's had a nice night throwing the football. Yeah. I don't, how do you describe this? Um, Harrison Bailey does nothing great but he does everything well mm-hmm. like you know he, he moves like you, you watch him and you're like god he's holding on to it forever he can't he, he's about to get sacked then he makes a couple of guys miss with like you know some matrix type you know slow motion <laughs> and 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 but then like again I, I said in the chat the fastest slow guy you'll ever see like I mean the one run that got ended up getting called back I don't even think that had anything to do with him having the long run it just was a penalty in the middle of the play he he he's deceptive. He's deceptive with his arm. He gets the ball out pretty good, um, and he doesn't put the ball in harm's way. I think he had the one ball batted there in the second half. Um, that was the drive after the Shrout pick when they were backed up down near the goal line. Um, but he gets the ball out, you know, pretty well. I mean, you know, sometimes you know you're going to have coverage sacks and you hold on to it a fraction too long. But you know, I, he he's played well. He's doing everything they ask him to do. I said it in the chat. He's somewhere between AJ Suggs and Casey Clawson, and the more we, the more this goes along, the more you'll find out which side is he. 
you know, because I mean, hey, if he's the next Casey Clawson, the Vols are set, you know, um, you know, and, and if he's if he's the next AJ Suggs, then it's a bridge guy to find the the eventual guy. Either way, you know, Harrison Bailey's doing some nice things for this offense, and and I continue to go back to what Coach Pruitt said on his coaches show a few weeks ago. Harrison throws a soft ball; it's an easy ball to catch. I think that there's something to be said about that. He's doing some solid things. Yeah, I love the comparison, I, or the putting him in between. I think that's a hell of a way to put it. I hadn't thought about it that way, but that's really, that's really well said, and it makes a lot of sense there. You know, he missed the deep ball to Cedric Tillman. The faster the receiver's running that route, it's yeah, a if catch. It, yeah, if it's high, you know, it's a touchdown. It, it but, is. You know. but, but other than that, I mean, gosh, the guy came out of the gates and was perfect for, 13, for his first 13 passes, taking care of the ball. I like his operation. You know, they don't look chaotic. You know what I'm saying? He looks like it's next play for him. He oh, doesn't look like it's like, well, what's next, or this, that, or the other, or what my head's spinning. He was in control. Well, you go back to last week, and, you know, uh, Coach Brooke called the one timeout, and Harrison told him coming back to the sidelines, I was going to snap the ball before it got to zero. I think he clearly has a better feel for it than most people think. Even tonight, we're up here in the press box. Coach Former's in the next seat, in the next box over, and, you, you know, he would be yelling, clock, clock. <laughs> and, and, and every time Harrison was aware and he right. got it off with about one second on the clock. Um, this was all in the second half, deep in the second half, when they were just trying to grind the game out. But, I mean, like, you know, I, I think he's got a much better feel than I think the coaches even realize just on, like, you know, getting the playoff. I think he he's very aware that the clock's running down. Yeah, I think he certainly is. Sticking with the offensive side of the ball, it's just, I don't know any other way to play it. It's a travesty that Vidless Jones didn't touch the ball to the last two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, I mean, it's one of those we we wondered about it. We kind of asked about it. Could he do more? I thought he showed some things in the first couple of games where he thought, you know what, this guy can help them. And then it was the the Houdini disappearing act where he doesn't get any opportunities. Last two games, the now he's in all the opportunities. Yeah, last Vanderbilt and Florida, he's had more targets than he had all season long combined. Heading in, I have no idea why, but I'm telling you right now. Guy's a nice little player. He's a, is he a number one ride receiver? I don't know all that, but he could run. Well, you got guys that can run. You, know? you got Hyatt. You got Bayless Jones in the game. Palmer's always been able to run and is yeah. a bigger target. So all of a sudden now, I mean, like the receivers that are out there are not slow, no. and, and and the spacing's been better. And again, when the quarterback's getting it out on time, and and and, and the guys can run wide open. I mean, even a couple of Shrouds passes. You know, I mean, Hyatt dropped that pass, and then you know Palmer dropped the touchdown down there. Um, you know, I. Uh, better. Yeah, I just don't understand why Bayless. Nobody's going to be able to explain to me why the guy didn't play. I mean, I just nobody's going to going to have a good. I don't believe a light switch suddenly came on during the the week off before the Florida game. I just don't think he was given the opportunities. <laughs> I think once he's gotten them, they finally started to give them to him, and he's capitalized on it. Hats hats off to him for doing so. Yeah, I mean, you know, and and you know, he was kind of asked about it after the game about the future and like, is he excited about the future? I mean, you know, if Tennessee can keep him around next year. I think that's a huge feather in their cap, you know, because obviously Palmer's accepted the Senior Bowl invitation. He's going to go uh, to the NFL. But if they can keep Bayless Jones around for an extra year and then add in some of these young guys, I mean, there's clearly young talent on this football team. You see it more and more. And, yeah, I get it. The fans are going to say, well, it's an indictment they don't play um, as, as we have a, a helicopter go across <laughs> us here from Vanderbilt Medical Center. Um, you know, it, there's, I've said for the last couple of weeks to you and a couple other people I know, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all if this team won more football games next year because some of this young talent is pretty good. They just haven't found the field yet. I mean, you know, you go look at D. Beckwith tonight. Is he the next Derrick Henry? <laughs> Nobody knows. 
But I get the comparisons. But he had two runs out there, and you're like, okay, Javari Small, you know, showing great balance, you know, great feet. Okay. Key Lawrence makes a nice play on a slant. Jimmy Calloway makes a catch. Jalen Hyatt, obviously, um, you know, there, again, there is some young talent on this football team, but I think that's the, the, the frustrating part for the fans is they see that and they go, wait a minute, why, why is that guy not played? And it all starts with the quarterback position because they continued to trot, you know, Jared out there for so long. Now the fans feel like everybody on the bench is probably needing to be in the game and they've mismanaged all these guys. Not all, but I'm sure there are a few guys on the sidelines that are probably better than, you know, than, than what's on the field. I'll say this, you, you look tonight, Tamarion McDonald started the game, but then didn't play a ton in the second half. Um, you know, kind of in the middle part of the game, he was out and Jalen McCullough was back in. You know, Danico Slaughter hadn't really played since early in the year outside of special teams. I mean, like, again, there are some guys that I think that they, they want to go with, but then they're a little skittish to the big play. Yeah, it certainly. And, and look, I mean, the, the one thing you didn't want to do in the second half of this game was give Vanderbilt anything over the top. You just didn't want to give up a big play to give them any kind of momentum. Because, look, Vanderbilt's not any they're, they're, I mean, no offense to them, they're not any good. They're depleted. They don't have enough people. I give them credit for showing up and playing. And, look, they, they, they scared Tennessee early because they forced a fumble. And they got the lead, and everybody's going, oh, the crap, what's going on? You know, I still some felt like that was a bad call. Yeah, some Tennessee fans were going, hey, you know, get this thing over with and let Vanderbilt win, and there will be coaching changes or whatever. Point being, Vanderbilt, Tennessee, play 10 times. Tennessee's going to win 10 out of 10. Yeah, you I know, agree. Uh, and that's where Vanderbilt is right now. But there are some individual things to take away from this game. And we've been asked all week, what does this game mean? Well, which, for Jeremy Pruitt, all that, I don't know that it means anything in a positive. The negative would have been there if he would have lost. But when you look at the individuals, I think what you're talking about, some of those young players making some plays. Hey, Cooper Mays played the entire game. Tonight. Yeah, and I mean, what, what a great learning lesson night for him after last week. I guarantee he was better this week what, than last week. What people don't realize about Cooper is, is you know, he was on a scooter from like last December all the way through May, like on a scooter, like one, you know, or his legs up the whole time. I mean, like, you know, so. I don't want to call him in really tip-top shape right now. He didn't really have an off-season. By the time you know he could actually move around, he was trying to just you know keep his head above water. So yeah, I mean I think you know no, there's no doubt Javante Spragans continues to get playing time. Um, you know, uh, again I, there is some young talent on this football team, and so like to me like should the fans be frustrated? 100%, absolutely. I get it. You know, but is it as bleak as everyone wants to make it out to be? No, I don't believe so. I, I think, you know, that there are some, some some issues. I think there are, you know, some glaring, you know, big issues that they, they got to get fixed. But to me, there is a silver lining there um, if they can find a way to fix them. But, but the question is, is can they find a way? Well, and I think the frustration for Tennessee fans is the team they saw tonight had played tonight had just as good of a chance, if not a better chance to beat Auburn and Arkansas than what they played with when they went and played those teams. And that's the quarterback position, which we've all talked about all, all along. And, and I, I hate to pile on, but that's just the reality of it. Hats off to Tennessee for winning the middle eight of a football game. They won the third quarter. They actually outscored somebody in the third quarter. Seven nothing, but they won the third <laughs> quarter. Uh, downside for Tennessee, um, season high in total number of penalties, season high in penalty yards. 
they, they, they're not gonna beat anybody or upset anybody with, with that kind of production. So they've got to improve that area before Texas A&M comes to town. But hey, they won, they were supposed to won the win, they're on a bus back to Knoxville and they get ready for Texas A&M. And we'll see what winning does for this team, how much they build off of that, uh, what, what next week goes like for them. I'll say this, I've said it, and we'll wrap it up here, Austin. You can say a lot of things negative about this, about this program and about this team and the frustration with it. This team has not quit on this coaching staff. They haven't. They just, uh, I, you know, that's a credit. That's not, I, I'm not, I'm not going to give Jeremy Pruitt and his coaching staff tons of credit for that. I'm going to give the character of the kids in the locker room credit for that. This team's got a lot of competitive spirit to it, much more so than people give credit for probably. Uh, they didn't have a lot of juice on the sidelines mm -hmm. early, but the Bryce Thompson play, I mean, you go back and you watch the energy on the sidelines. It totally changed after that play. They were barking. They were talking. They Even late in the game, they were having fun on the sidelines. You could hear everything. Again, you could hear everything Coach Pruitt was saying to the officials, <laughs> which was entertaining at times. But you could also hear the excitement when, you know, Jabari Small made a guy miss or D. Beckwith got in and, and ran for 10 yards. Like, there were some, like, you know, some teammates that were cheering on their other teammates. I, again, that's another salt, small silver lining. I'll continue to reiterate. They've got some warts. Oh, yeah. Can they get them zapped off before it's too late? Yeah, and we'll see. I mean, this team, is, they're, they're, they should be better than what their record is. But, as Bill Parr says, says, you are what you are, and that's where Tennessee's at. And they're, to, the, to a large degree, they're themselves to blame for where they are because of some of the decisions they've made throughout the course of the year. We'll see how they handle the uh, home finale against Texas A&M next Saturday at noon. That's going to do it for this postgame podcast from Vanderbilt in Nashville. With Austin Price, I'm Brent Hubbs.